Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning. Welcome to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Talk Money is dedicated to assisting you in this confusing financial world where you are exposed to more information than ever. The next hour will serve as a, a training and coaching ground to assist you in developing your financial roadmap in order to achieve your financial dreams and desires. You know, we're all about everything financial. In fact, the events this past week in Washington continue to deteriorate. If they continue to deteriorate, economic and market risk would likely accelerate. In fact, the president's trip abroad has helped somewhat. I mean, it's been hard for the media to find negatives. It's They've been somewhat positive about the trip. Of course, you know, they've got... Whether the handshake was one thing or not, you know, the other. Names to watch, though, in Washington. Hey, write these down. Robert Mueller, Michael Flynn, and, of course, James Comey. You know, all those things about those are things that the media seems to focus on and that some people have a tendency to think that affects the market. In fact, investors continue to be focused on politics. But when the dust clears, fundamentals always matter more than politics. Trump and Washington get too much credit when things go well and too much of the blame when they don't. All said and done, we believe that the economy and corporate earnings should continue to improve. As you know, this past week, the CBO scored the Affordable Care Act and uh, the number seems to exceed the market when they estimated things happening in March. They said about 10 to 12 million people would not be covered. Now that number is up to 23 million and by 2026. But here's something that they fail to kind of push when they say it. If the Republican bill does stay intact, of course, I don't think it will. It would reduce the, the budget deficit by $119 billion over the next 10 years. Well, all that said and done, it's about everything financial. That's what we're talking about today. Let me tell you about our guest. Today's program, Kurt Zarnowski, president and founder of Zarnowski Consultant. He's a frequent guest of ours on Talk Money, and uh, he's here today talking, helping us to understand everything about Social Security and Medicare in 2017. Here's a question for you. We got an increase You're going to have to stay tuned to find out how much. In the second half of the program, I've got Jamie Cochran of Shoemaker Financial. We're going to be here. He's going to help us to find what really is a need for disability insurance. Find out more about what the airbag phenomenon is all about. You need to really find that's kind of important. Stay with us because this promises to be a very interesting program. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. I'm Jim Shoemaker, your host. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this.
podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs, it's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Jim Shoemaker and Jamie Cochran are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back to Talk Money. It's brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations, the Bailey Law Firm. And we thank them for being one of our sponsors. Kurt Zarnowski, he is the president and founder of Zarnowski Consulting, a frequent guest of ours, always does a great job. His subject, Social Security, and some of the updates today. Welcome to the program, sir. Hey, Jim, great to be back, and if I'm on the show, there must be a holiday <laughs> looming. That's what we discovered. I'm always on right before a holiday. But it's always a good holiday. We don't give you those little, you know, a bank holiday. This was a big holiday. How's that? No, no, that's the problem for me. I'm retired. There are no holidays. <laughs> I got it. It's always a holiday for Kurt, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Now, Kurt, we, we are talking about, you know, it's amazing. Every time you're on, we get... Tons of guests, people are calling about what, tons of people calling about what, what they want to know. And then it's after the program, they're still asking us questions. Why is Social Security so hard to understand? Well, you know, it's first and foremost, it's a federal program. <laughs> it's a federal law. And like the IRS code, it's a uh, federal statute that uh, has a lot of moving parts to it. And like the IRS code, at times it's a nuanced program. Um, but, you know, I think people need to basically the, the, the fundamental principle of Social Security is it's a social insurance program, meaning while you are young and healthy, you work, you pay Social Security tax. And in return for paying that tax, which is akin to paying premiums for homeowners insurance or automobile insurance, down the road, you're able to receive a return on the payment of those taxes if you retire. And that's mostly what we talk about these days with baby boomers. But as we talked about on the show before, there are other aspects of Social Security that people need to understand. There is disability protection. If you become disabled and unable to work, you can collect money each month. Your family members can collect additional money each month. And then perhaps most importantly and most overlooked is the survivor insurance component of the Social Security program. Someone works, pays into the system, but passes away prematurely, leaving behind children under the age of 18. Well, the Social Security program steps forward, provides cash assistance to those surviving children up until the age of 18 or through age 19 if they're still a full-time student in high school. And if the kids are under the age of 16, it's also possible for the surviving parent to receive an additional payment. Kids' benefits continue to age 18. Surviving parents' own additional payment stops when the youngest child turns 16. But Social Security is really this 
comprehensive social insurance program, which I start off by saying has a lot of moving parts to it, but it's a vitally important part of Americans and working in America, and it's important to understand how it impacts you. Well, I think that's the critical part. I mean, it is a cornerstone to anybody's financial plan, and I think that's what you do so effectively for us. And I'm always disappointed when you talk about a subject, and, I, and I've always felt like, you know, hey, we've gotten that across. And then, you know, somebody says, well, I heard the program. What did he mean by this? And I, I really think we have a tendency to take it for granted and we don't, you, you so clearly made it made us understand retirement, disability, and survivorship, three corner parts of it, you know, it's a triangle, it works together. And the reality is understanding it means it's always a personal thing. It's always my, my decision is always what is best for me. And you do help us understand that. And I appreciate that. There's an increase, cost of living increase this past year. How much and what does it do for us? Sure. And, and that's an important part of Social Security. Let me, let me throw out one other thing before I address that question, Jim. You know, it's important for folks to understand what the program is, retirement, survivor, disability components, but equally important for folks to understand what it isn't, and the program was never intended to be somebody's sole source of income in retirement or if they become disabled or sole source of income for family if someone passes away. It's important for people to recognize program design provide a base or foundation of income protection, but it's a base or foundation that people must take steps to supplement because, as I said, never intended to be their only source of income in retirement. So those Dual messages. It's a broad-based social insurance program, but you got to find ways to supplement it because it was never intended to be your only source of income. Great point. Anyway, COLA, one of the great things about the Social Security program is for retirees, it's akin to a defined benefit pension. You qualify for benefits, Social Security pays you each and every month till you pass away. You can't outlive your Social Security money. And that's vitally important in today's shifting pension world, where more and more baby boomers don't have that traditional defined benefit pension. They have pensions more likely to be the defined contribution type, 401k, 403b, 457, where we're walking out the door into retirement, not with a guaranteed stream of lifetime income that they cannot live, but they're walking out the door with a pile of money. And it seems likely that later in retirement, that pile of money will have diminished somewhat. And Social Security, as I said, you can't outlive it. But the other important thing about Social Security, and been around part of the program since the mid-70s, is it does provide an annual guaranteed cost of living increase each year. And it's so vitally important, largely because people are living longer and longer in retirement. And if you don't have some type of inflation protection built into your income in retirement, you know, you live 20, 25, 30 years in retirement, the purchasing power of the income you take with you into retirement falls off a cliff because inflation is happening. So it's important for our listeners to understand the basis for the annual COLA. It's determined based on the consumer price index for urban wage earners. It's a measure of inflation tracked by the Federal Bureau of Labor Statistics, and it measures the inflation, if you will, in a market basket of goods and services. Now, it's important to note what period of time does Social Security look at in determining the COLA? Well, it's a comparison between the CPIW for the third quarter of one calendar year, meaning July, August, and September, compared to the 
CPIW for the third quarter of the following calendar year, and whatever increases occurred in that period of time gets passed on to Social Security beneficiaries automatically in the payments that they receive beginning in January. And so this past January, Social Security beneficiaries saw a 0.3% COLA. Why? Well, because between Last time there was a COLA and the third quarter of 2016, that CPIW measure had increased by 0.3%. Now, a lot of people wonder whether or not the CPIW is the best measure to be used in determining the amount of the Social Security COLA. Interesting footnote, the guaranteed automatic COLA created back in 1972 by legislation passed by Congress back then and at the time they established that automatic COLA, the CPIW is basically the only measure of inflation that the Bureau of Labor Statistics tracks. So it was natural that that would be adopted for the Social Security COLA. Now, though, obviously, with the passage of time, there's a lot more measures out there that BLS tracks and uses. And I think part of the debate going on these days is whether there might be a better measure to determine how much of an increase retirees folks on disability, survivors should receive. The good thing to me, though, is that the debate is not about eliminating the Social Security COLA, because I said that's a hugely important part of the program, but I think it's a healthy debate to determine whether or not the measure that's been used for the past 45 years or so is the best measure to be used. Yeah, that, that's the key right there, is that it's a measurement at least, and it does allow someone to know that it will increase and again, whether that the, the fact is you're saying that the debate is not to eliminate, but decide which one's the best. You're listening to the program. This is Talk Money. Kurt Zarnowski, president and founder of Zarnowski Consulting, a frequent guest of ours. We're talking about Social Security. And Kurt, Social Security, big subject, but Medicare, hospital insurance, is a part of Social Security. Kind of help me understand, I guess, Social Security and Medicare taxes but then I really want to know, what is Medicare Part A? Because a sure. lot of people get those. Con- I mean, it's amazing. Do I need B? Do I need D? Do I, is it Medicaid? They get those confused. I want us to walk away today with a very clear understanding. What's my benefit? What's going to be expected from Social Security? But really, what is Medicare Part A? Sure. So people need to understand, while you're working in a job, that's covered under the Social Security umbrella. And these days, oh, about 95, 96% of the jobs in the country do fall under the Social Security umbrella. Last group of holdouts, eh, state and local employees in a number of different jurisdictions. But if you're working in a job covered under Social Security, you as an employee are going to pay Social Security tax on your earnings. Now, you pay a total tax, but people need to understand there's actually two components to the Social Security or FICA, Federal Insurance Contributions Act tax, that somebody pays. This year, you're going to pay 6.2% in Social Security tax on the first $127,200 that you happen to make. Each year, there's a maximum level of earnings upon which that Social Security portion of the tax is imposed. Parenthetically, when it comes time to calculate your benefits, Social Security does that by averaging your highest 35 years of work, but it's an average only of the earnings that you had had that had been subject to Social Security tax. So, for example, this year you make a half a million dollars, you're going to pay Social Security tax only in the first 127 
So when it comes time to calculate your benefits, Social Security doesn't average in the half a mil, they average in that 127.2. But anyway, in addition to that 6.2%, you're going to be paying a 1.45% Medicare hospital insurance tax. Now, the interesting thing is, prior to the early 90s, that earnings limitations that I talked about for Social Security portion of the tax and the Medicare were the same. There was a limit each year on the amount of Medicare tax and Social Security tax that you would pay. Early 90s, law was changed. They basically were decoupled. And now, again, in a job covered by Social Security and Medicare, you're going to pay that 1.45% Medicare hospital insurance tax on every dollar that you make. There is no uh, maximum amount of earnings subject to Medicare tax. So, Medicare, as you pointed out, has different parts. Part A is hospital insurance. And with Part A of Medicare, if you have it, and we'll talk about how you get in a second, but if you have it and are admitted to the hospital, you're going to pay a deductible. But after that, Medicare pays the cost of your inpatient stay. This year, that deductible is $1,316 for each hospital stay. But basically, there is no monthly premium for Part A. It's that 1.45% Medicare tax that you've been paying. Your employer matches. And if you're self-employed, you have the privilege of paying that combined employer-employee rate. But that entitles you to receive Medicare Part A or hospital insurance at no monthly premium cost. And even if you haven't worked, if your spouse has worked and paid into the Medicare system for at least 10 years, you can get Medicare. Now, when can you get Medicare? Ah, Medicare eligibility is age 65. You know, we've talked on the show in the past about Social Security full retirement age for benefits now being 66 and increasing, topping out for anyone born 1960 or later at age 67. But it's important for folks to recognize that Medicare eligibility is age 65. It's been that way since the program started back in 1965. And so it's important that when you turn 65, you need to investigate Medicare, Medicare coverage, regardless of what you're planning to do about Social Security cash benefits. So Medicare Part A, hospital insurance, you're admitted to the hospital, you pay a deductible. Medicare Part A picks up the remainder of your hospital costs. Now, let me ask you this. If we're, if we're talking about someone going into the hospital, is there a limit to what Medicare is going to cover? Is there, I mean, you said hospital insurance. It's not covering the doctor's cost. So That is correct. All right. It's, tell me, how do, we, how do we get that type coverage? Sure. So in addition to Part A of Medicare, there's also, and this is really clever, Part B of Medicare, also known as Supplementary medical insurance or regular medical insurance and the Part B of Medicare designed to pick up those non-inpatient related medical costs, doctor's visits, visits to the minute clinic or uh, outpatient x-rays and things like that. Now, with Part B, interestingly enough, there's no requirement that you have worked and paid into the system. You can get Medicare Part B, but again, it's at age 65 because you pay a monthly premium. And whether you've worked or not, if you want Part B of Medicare, you pay a monthly premium. This year, the base premium, $134 a month. Although people with higher incomes may be in a position of having to pay more than that. 
But basically, you sign up for Part B, pay that monthly premium. That's what helps pay those non-inpatient-related medical costs. Kurt, let me ask you, is, when you say higher incomes, is that $50,000 or higher, or what's that number? What does a person need to know? I mean, you've got a person about to retire, and let's just say prior to the retirement, their income was $75,000. Are they going to have to pay a higher premium? Let's say it's well, $170,000. Is that a higher premium? Sure, it depends, and it gets back to what's the individual's tax filing status. And in general, if you are a single tax filer, that definition of higher income is $85,000. If you're a couple filing jointly, it's 170000 So if single tax filer, you have income above 85000 you're going to pay more for your Medicare Part B premium. If you're part of a couple filing a joint tax return, income above 170000 you're going to find yourself paying more for your Part B premium. But here's the thing about that, and this has been the case since 2007. It was part of the Medicare Modernization Act back in, passed back in 2003. What the law says is in determining whether or not you are to be considered one of those higher income folks, in determining your premium for a particular year, Social Security looks at your income from two years previous. So, for example, let's talk about someone looking to figure out what they will pay for a Medicare Part B premium beginning in January of 2018, upcoming January. Law basically says Social Security will look at what that person's income was for tax year 2016, meaning the income tax returns that people just finished filing the middle of this past April. And generally, income is above those thresholds for that tax return you're going to find yourself paying more for your Part B premium for 2018. But it's important to point out, there are provisions, though, where someone can get an immediate adjustment in their Part B premium if, and basically it's that tax return information for 2016 no longer accurately represents somebody's income because they've incurred what is called a life-changing event. And these are things like, well, retirement, for one loss of a spouse, divorce, different things like that. So there are limited circumstances where if your income has dropped significantly over what was shown in the tax return because of one of those life-changing events, you'll be able to get an immediate adjustment in your Part B premium and go back to maybe only paying that 134 But absent one of those life-changing events, you've got income well above those thresholds, you're going to find yourself paying more now, the important thing for our listeners, too, is that though this determination of the premium amount is done on a year-by-year basis. It's not like you're locked in permanently to a higher premium amount. Each year, as you file your tax return, Social Security does a match with that information and then establishes your premium amount for the coming year based on the information in the tax return. So it can adjust, can go up, can go down as as circumstances change. One of the big changes that people do find is that, say they sell their house, they incur a significant capital gain, pay a lot in federal income tax because their income has spiked for a year. Well, they're going to find themselves having to pay a higher Part B premium because sale of a house and capital gains does not constitute one of those life-changing events. But the good news is the following year, assuming their income now drops back below 
they'll go back to paying only the base premium. So well, it's a year-over-year calculation. Well, that's the key right there is just knowing how to put all that together. It's always Kurt Zarnowski does a great job. The only problem I have, Kurt, when you and I do a program, I can't stop the clock. It seems to fly through this this information you give us. As always, Guy, you've done a great job. Uh, it, it's amazing. I have so much more to cover. I've run out of time. Uh, thank you, sir. It, you know, we, we've talked about the retirement, disability, survivorship, Medicare Part A, Mart Part B. Listen to this program again. Don't don't just take it for what we've said today. Find it on the iTunes store. Search at Shoemaker Financial and listen to Kurt Zarnowski again on the uh, on the iPod. Okay, thanks, Kurt. Have a great Memorial Day, sir. Have I appreciate you very Day much. Weekend. Talk to you in a few months. All right, sir. As always, Kurt Zarnowski does a great job for us. Social Security and Medicare taxes. When we come back. We're going to find out what does it mean when we say the airbag phenomenon. Yeah, you got to find out, man. This is big stuff. Jamie Cochran with Shoemaker Financial. Be with us when we come back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. In the summertime when the weather is high, you can stretch right up and touch the sky. When the weather's fine, you got women, you got women on your mind. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securian Financial Services is affiliated with Kurt Zarnowski or Zarnowski Consulting. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time. It is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, again, you've been listening, of course, to Kurt Zarnowski, president and founder of Zarnowski Consulting. And uh, we I mean, just remind you, it is it, he's just such a chock full of information, does a great job for us. Like him, you know, just if you really like the program, find it on iTunes, search for Shoemaker Financial and listen to the program again and again and again. If you have a specific question about Social Security and uh, a little bit of confusion, just give us a call at the office, 757-5757. We'll do our best to try to get you the type of answer that uh, helps you out in making your financial decisions. That's what the program is always uh, about, is guiding you through this maze of financial information that we get thrown at us all the time, whatever the media says. But here's a subject that seems to... Not always make the media, but it is one that is such a financial part of everybody's decision when it comes to what they're trying to do. It's the cornerstone, and uh, we have someone who has is an authority on it, knows it extremely well, does a really good job with his clients. Jamie Cochran of Shoemaker Financial. Jamie, welcome to the program, sir. Good morning. Let me uh, start. I mean, Jimmy, we're going to talk about disability insurance. I mean, Kurt was talking about Social Security. Three parts of Social Security, of course, is death. You know, Pete talked about that. There is a death benefit, a survivor benefit. There's a retirement benefit, but there is also a disability benefit. And for some people, that ends up being the only benefit that they have should they become disabled. So why is disability so important As a financial planner, when you're working with someone through a process of developing their financial plan, I know in the cornerstone of a person's pyramid as they look at their overall financial life, 
you talk about this being a, a very much a part of the base. Exactly. So your greatest asset is your ability to go to work and then earn an income. So if you don't have that income stream coming in, all this other fun stuff that we talk about on our other programs, or we're talking about investing, investing and, and all, you know, vacation you know, homes and yep. retirement, that's out the window if you can't go earn an income. You know, that is so fundamental for you and I to say that. We, we think of that as just absolutely, you got to do it. And yet you and I both know more foreclosures are caused by disability on a home than by death. Exactly. Yeah. It was, the study said, um, from according to Sun Life, 50% of all mortgage foreclosures in the country are caused by a long-term disability. Long-term disability. People that, it's just not going to happen to me. It, it's going to happen to the guy down the street, and yet it does It does actually happen. All right. If you're telling me the number one asset of a person is the ability to earn their income, that intellectual property, the physical ability to use their hands, the, the ability to, 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 you know, I mean, whether we like it or not, psychologically function in a day-to-day society, how do we protect it? We protect it by having a portfolio of long-term disability insurance. So, you know, we can have that. Some employers provide some group coverage. Um, Even if you do have group coverage, always advise people to have some individual long-term disability insurance. A combination of both is what you're talking about. All right, that makes sense. I mean, where you're saying, you know, you got a group coverage where the the employer's paying for something. Correct. Also, look at what you're looking because the employer may not cover all your needs. Exactly. Typically, what we'll see in the marketplace is, let's say somebody's working at, at a large corporation. Okay. A typical benefits package may include long-term disability coverage that'll kick in after 90 days. A lot of times, they'll cover 60% of your income. So let's say somebody's making $100,000. Okay, great. They're disabled. They're making $60,000. However, they're going to get taxed, for the most part, on that $60,000 that they would be bringing in if they didn't have their uh, – if they weren't able to go to work okay. because of an illness or injury. Okay. So what you're talking about – what about the definition of a group-type policy, group insurance? Well, it's critical that we look at the definition of disability insurance because there's what's called an own occupation or a your occupation definition of disability insurance versus an any occupation defini- definition of disability so when I'm looking at a group coverage or an individual coverage, that's the first thing that I want to look at. What's that definition? Definition. So you want to be careful that it's not too restrictive. And, uh, and in other words, you have to go get a job to supplement something. Or Correct. You want to be sure that if, you're going to, if you are disabled, that it's going to pay you. Correct. I want to, if I'm not able to work, I want to be able to not have to work because I can't do what I'm specifically trained for, my job in particular. When we come back, I want you to talk about what happened in your family. Uh, yeah, sure. Because that was, a, that was an issue where we begin to see it in your family. I have actually had that to happen with me. And uh, so we'll talk about some of that when we come back. And I am still going to want to find out what is the airbag phenomena. All right. All right. So you're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're talking with Jamie Cochran. Coming up next is the Mid-South History Moment. Rebecca Brazier. You don't want to miss it. It's always one of the best parts of the program. A lot of people that just like what she does. Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson with Mid-South History Moment. Coming up next. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. For the most courageous among us, handicaps are no obstacle to greatness. 
When the steamboat Emmy Norman had an onboard explosion after a freak accident, with no other boats around, all seemed hopeless. But Tom Lee, a river worker returning to Memphis alone from Arkansas, acted without hesitation. When he witnessed the Emmy Norman capsize, he steered his 28-foot skiff to the site of the accident and rescued 32 people from the powerful undertow of the river, despite not being able to swim. Without regard for his personal safety, he made five trips to shore and continued to search during the night for survivors. Without Lee's decisive intervention, the entire boat would have sunk with all hands. The passengers Lee rescued were engineers and their families attending a convention in Memphis. To show their gratitude, the Memphis Engineers Club raised enough money to buy a house for Lee and his family. Today in the park, named in Lee's honor, a bronze statue memorializes his heroism. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money, as you know, is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm. Estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. And I want to thank them. They're one of our key players in what we do and the fact that they're able to help you move through a lot of those questions that you have when it comes to setting down and planning for retirement or working through your estate. It's all about elder law. The Mac Bailey Law Firm, Mac Bailey and his team, spends a lot of time with you, answers a lot of questions, and we're proud to have them as one of our sponsors. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Shoemaker Financial and Securing Financial Services do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and or legal situation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. I'm talking with Jamie Cochran. We're talking about uh, why do you need disability insurance? Now, first half of the program, we were talking with Kurt Janowski, and we were discussing Social Security. And we talked about the fact that there's parts of Social Security, uh, we know this, that pays for your disability, pays you disability should you be disabled. But it's not enough. It wasn't intended to be enough. You need something else. And Jamie was talking about before the break that group coverage is a is definitely if you happen to have an employer that's providing you with group insurance, that's very important. But but Jamie, just help me now. You talked about the restrictiveness sometimes of the disability coverage or the definition of disability. But but group coverage is important. But there are some issues with it. Yeah, definitely. That's why with any of my clients, I want them to bring in you know, what. Does your benefits package say? I want to read through all of it, especially that disability portion, because we want to understand what is that definition. Uh, I had a client just the other day. He said, hey, I got some that I can get through my group. So, fantastic. Bring it in. Let me see it. That'll save you some money. Right. Looked at it. It was any occupation definition. And he said, I don't want that. Any occupation means he gets up in the morning, and if he can go sell pencils on the street, that means he's probably not Exactly. Nothing nothing against Walmart greeters, but if he can stand there and greet people walking into Walmart, he cannot cannot get a benefit. What about the employer? Can they cancel the program? If they're paying for it, can they decide to change it? Does Does that affect the person? Exactly. With group coverage, that's up to the employer's discretion to be able to offer that. So employers... You know, can can take that away as a benefit for any sort of reason. Uh, insurance companies can you know change up group group coverages as well and raise the premium and raise that- the premiums. Yeah, cha- uh, change it up. So, um, or if you leave the employer, 
let's say you've been at this job, but you got a great offer. They're going to pay you more money or you're not happy for, you know, or you move a million it's reasons. It's not portable. It's exactly. Not a, it's yeah. not portable. So you can't not take it with you. And that other employer, even though it's a great job, may not provide that as a benefit. All right. I want you to help me with the definition of disability. You just said any occupation. Now, right. if most people, our listeners think, well, I have disability, but that doesn't mean they're, I mean, I was reading something the other day, just to give an example. Somebody said, well, homeowner's insurance, you know, everybody says, well, I got the standard coverage for homeowner's insurance. And then you read the fine print, it doesn't cover flood insurance. Now, you look at the Mississippi River right now, what happened for the fact that we're on the bluff, but if you lived in Arkansas, have you seen the new ocean today? I mean, it's an ocean over (laughs) Uh there. Uh, So flood insurance, and I've had people that lived in a flood area that they thought the standard coverage... And that's a mistake a lot of people make. So what you're saying, the mistake here is not knowing your definition. Exactly. It's definitely well worth having somebody who knows what they're talking about. Go through, look at what coverages that you have, whether it's a group or, you know, you might think, hey, I've got disability through my homeowner's insurance. Right. Not necessarily always going to be the case. And own occupation is the one you're currently doing. And any occupation is just what it says. Anything. If you can do anything, it's not going to pay you. All right, that's important for us to understand that. Well, I have been talking about the airbag phenomenon because I know in my own situation, uh, I have, you know was diagnosed with a cancer disease about 10, 11 years ago, 10 years ago. And literally 25, 30 years ago, I would not have even, it would have been 18 months and done. Yep. Today, you know, I am healthy, still working and doing the thing. But when I was diagnosed... I mean, literally, the doctor turned to me and said, do you want to be disabled? Now, he was serious because to some people, it is the disease can cause that. And that was an attitude. I could have said, yes, I think so, or no, not. The point is, there is this airbag phenomenon. Now, to explain it to us, help me understand. All right. So the airbag phenomenon means that in the because of advances, not only in just safety, like airbags, airbags and, and, that's seat, really what it is. and that's seat belts, um, but also especially for um, medical technology, medical research has gotten so much better over the last 50, 60 years that when people used to just have a heart attack, have a stroke, have cardiovascular disease, have diabetes, they just died. Um, there's been a massive increase in now instead of dying more likely you're going to be disabled. Well, you just named a bunch. You said, uh, you know, whether it's cardiovascular, heart disease, diabetes, those things. If you put them all together, hypertension, hypertension is the number one. I mean, yes. literally, I, I, what, what's that number there? I mean, literally a person diagnosed 30 years ago, 40 years ago with hypertension. 73% chance you're dying. That's enormous. I mean, we don't even think about that today. We, it's so treatable today. In fact, what's the difference? I mean, You've really flipped it. Yeah, now it's a 70% chance that you'll just be disabled for just, a little while. Yeah, you know, and maybe not even at all. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. amazing how that how the quote-unquote safety, the, the medical industry has allowed us to see things that would have caused disability or death mm-hmm. now today is a normal life. Yeah, and just like Hart was talking about with Social Security earlier, you know, created a long time ago, people are living much, much longer um, with living much longer does come chances that uh, you will be disabled uh, versus just dying. Yeah, that's so much. The, the frequency of death from these leading causes that you talked about, hypertension, heart disease, cerebrovascular disease, and diabetes, all of that has decreased while the disability side of that has increased. In other words, 
you died earlier today, you, you may just be disabled from it, but you'll continue to live. Correct. And in order to continue to live, you're going to have to have an income stream coming in. So where's that income stream come in? We want to make sure we have the proper disability insurances. You know, that we, we strive for that. We say that, we say that, we say that. But according, I know there's some studies you've got that that literally U.S. workers really struggle with this. Help us with those statistics. All right. Well, first off, 60% of U.S. workers say that they'd be unable to pay their bills within three months if an injury or illness forced them to stop working. 60%. Six out of 10. So our listening audience, if you're thinking about it, six out of 10 people today would not be able to pay their bills. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we do, I want to come back and think about if I had my paycheck, and it started, it was coming in on a regular basis, whether it was deposit ACH into my checking account or I got a physical check. I'm going to get it, but I'm not going to be able to use it. For how long could I pay my bills? That's what I want you to talk with me about. You're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guest, Jamie Cochran, Shoemaker Financial. We're talking about why do you need disability insurance, income replacement. We found out already it's your number one asset, and that is the ability to make an income. Stay with us because we got a lot more to talk about when we come back. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes Store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at the Bailey Law Firm. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Life insurance products contain fees, such as mortality and expense charges, and may contain restrictions, such as surrender periods. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. While we're talking with... uh Jamie Cochran, and the subject is disability insurance. And the reality is, uh, Jamie's pretty adamant that we need to understand that our number one asset is the ability to earn an income. And taking care of that number one asset should be a number one priority. And we're finding out that people talk about it. Maybe we even maybe read about it, but it's it's sometimes difficult because it costs. I mean, there's an expense. You think about covering your car, you wouldn't dare drive your car without insurance. You wouldn't dare buy a home without buying insurance. But your number one asset, we have a tendency to say, well, it's not going to happen to me because I'm in good health. I'm okay. And so it's not. So Senate Financial Committee actually put out some things to help people get a little bit more information and understand not coming from a, from an insurance company, but this is the Senate Financial Committee. Help me understand that, what they said, Jamie. All right. So seven out of 10 people between ages 35 and 65 will become disabled for three months or longer. Seven deep percent of those people between 35 and 65. Now, you know, I hate to be brutal with that, but that's that's not an insurance company. That's not your statistic. That's not my statistic. 
It's just a reality that we're looking at seven out of ten. And let's say that that statistic changes. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, because you talked about the airbag phenomenon, people used to die from something. In fact, you were saying that the average, those people, 45 to 65, same group of people, we are living, you know, when we normally would have died today. And most everybody says, well, if I get disabled because of an automobile accident, we know that that's not the number one cause of disability. It's disease. Yes, it's illness. Illness. Talk about your situation. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that three months or longer, I think, is important because a lot of people think of long-term disability. They think about being disabled for the rest of their lives. Right. And many times it's something where you're out of work for a year, just like my wife was. Okay, now, remember before the break, we talked about taking your paycheck and setting it aside. Now, okay, with her, she takes her paycheck and doesn't get it. And and how long would it taken for your family to have been in financial trouble? And you're in this business, so you know all the things you had to do. What would have been the case if you hadn't had disability? Well, so my wife is an architect. She specifically trained to do her job. She was diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, had to go through chemotherapy, radiation treatment. Thank God she's still here today. She's doing uh, great. Yeah, she's Beautiful doing great. lady. Doing great. Thank you very much. But that was about five years ago. So over your head. Jamie. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is. Know. But that was about five years ago, and she was out of work for a year. Um, but financially, I didn't worry about anything because we had an individual plan of long-term disability insurance on her. And all those bills that come in, because you are a dual-income family, and exactly. you have children, and all those things going on. That can be that can be devastating. I mean, I think about it. How easy would it have been for your financial life not to have been the way it was because you had the coverage on her? How I mean, it would have it would have changed your life. Yeah. Well, first off, from a peace of mind, I was able to focus on her, focus on my newborn child, focus on my job, and not have to worry about oh my gosh, what are we going to do because she's not making money right now. So her 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 paychecks continued to come in. She didn't have to feel like a burden because her paychecks were coming in. She, yeah. you know, that money was there. So I was able to, when my daughter was born, able to continue to fund her college fund. I was able to continue to save money into my 401k. We were able to, once she was better, go on vacation. And when we went on vacation, a lot of people said, well, what, whoa, what, why are y'all going on vacation? Y'all, she hadn't been working for a year. And I said, well, you know, it's this part of our that. financial plan. Yeah, yeah. And they said, well, man, most of the time when we see something like that, you know, people are, are devastated financially. Well, we weren't because we were able to maintain our standard of living, able to continue to do what we wanted to do because her paychecks kept coming you in. You know, you've used some word, peace of mind, maintain my standard of living, go on a vacation. A pe- you know, that, that creates peace of mind. That creates that sense of I had the foresight to realize that that could happen and I want to take care of it. And you did what seven out of ten people don't do. Yeah. Well, you know, that's part of my job. That's part so. of your job. <laughs> so, you know, well, I'm just trying to make sure I'm, uh, you know, doing what I advise my clients to do is protect that income. I said seven. I mean, 60% of the U.S. workers say today they couldn't pay their bills yeah. after three months. You know, we're trying to make a point here. Disability insurance is critical. It's a it's a fundamental part. It is a part of it's an additional to Social Security, which we talked about in the first half of the program. Reality is. Give Jamie a call, 757-5757. Listen, folks, we're talking about everything financial. Reality is disability insurance is a fundamental part of anybody's financial plan. Jamie, thanks so much for today's program. All right. Thank you. Well, you know, you've been listening to Talk Money. Recently, I had a great opportunity to go to France and spend three days at Normandy. 
Now, let me tell you what. I have been to Arlington. I've been to Pearl Harbor. I, uh, I just, I am so impressed with how we honor and celebrate the sacrifices that our veterans, our war heroes, and I was so overwhelmed with Normandy. I cannot tell you the reality that when you walk the grounds, those are hallowed grounds at Normandy, see the cliffs and see what took place, but to go to the memorial, I, I wished I could paint the picture for you. If you haven't been, make it one of your, I guess, bucket list type things. It was for me. But I, you know, my wife had three uncles that served at Normandy. All three of them were fortunate enough to come home. My dad was in the Pacific, uh, you know, over there. He was able to come home. Uh, But the reality is so many. I went and saw 9,000 different crosses, all, you know, the memorial. They're honoring those that sacrificed for what we have today. I tell you, I'm impressed. Thanks for listening today. You're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Happy Memorial Day and happy weekend. Shoemaker and Jamie Cochran are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.